Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I got to tell you, Christy, I'm getting such a kick out of the fact that the theme of all of our How to Hack It episodes so far has basically been to lower your standards, whatever it is you're trying to do. (laughs) This week is no different when we talk about how to hack feeding your family. Yeah, I think these uh, How to Hack It conversations are becoming a hilarious mix of super practical tips with crazy confessions like my late-to-the-game obsession with freezer french fries. (laughs) So don't forget, friends, to go back to the beginning. And if you really love us, the best way to celebrate this quality content is to go leave us a review since we love helping others find these conversations too. Now, get comfy. Here we go. Welcome listeners to, I think this is number four in our summer series called How to Hack It. And are you ready to find out what we're going to hack this week? Drum roll, please. Here we go. I can't do a drum roll, but (laughs) here we are. We are going to talk about how to hack feeding your family, which, okay, this metaphor, Lisa Jo, might be a little inappropriate. I don't know. But, <laughs> oh, I'm but here do you for remember? It. <laughs> have you ever seen, or did you have when you were maybe a, a tiny child, those days of the week underpants? Oh, yes. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking totally. about? <laughs> I I totally had a set of little days of the week underpants, which I loved, and of course wore on the appropriate day, and would never have of considered you did. otherwise. But that is my first hack for how to feed your family, or really how to feed yourself. Let's be honest. I hope this episode is for everyone. The thing, the, probably the number one thing that has made feeding myself and feeding my family over the years um, a little less stressful, actually a lot less stressful, is that not every day, but certain days of the week have just become for certain kinds of food and certain ways of eating. So an easy one that lots of people do, we have done for many years, Friday night is, you know, Lisa Joe, Pizza night! pizza night. But what that means is that there is always at least one night a week where I have to make no decisions about what we're going to have for dinner. And I think it's the decision fatigue added to the cooking and the shopping and everything that that can add up. So we have Friday night pizza night. The other thing we have in summer um, is that I have a routine um, of going to a favorite farm market, um, but that farm market is only open on certain days of the week. So that means that I don't just go whenever it pops in my head, but I always go on Thursday mornings. So I go to the market on Thursday mornings. That means I purposely go and buy up all the fresh summer veggies, knowing that on Thursday night, I'm going to make a great big, what I call salad platter, which is a weekly staple for us in the summer. And all it is... (laughs) is a big platter where I have put a base of lettuce and then I have just added onto it everything we have that is easy and good. If you want meat, maybe there's some rotisserie chicken from, you know, that you have in the fridge on there. I'll often, to make it more kid-pleasing, I'll roast maybe some small potatoes, something I know my kids like, or I will tear up, you know, a crunchy baguette. I'll, I'll put things on there that the kids like more than lettuce. And then I just throw at it, you know, ev- you know, steam some vegetables or roast some vegetables or even like cut up some strawberries, you know, add some sweet fruit, but basically slice an avocado 
everything gets just chopped up and then sort of put on the platter, not mixed together. That is key. This is not like a tossed salad, um, but everything gets sort of laid out on the platter. It goes out into the middle of the table. Oh, um, like uh, um, hard-boiled eggs would be another just easy summer protein. Open up a can of chickpeas. There you go. Um, they can be, you know, just from the can or, or roast them in the oven. Um, and then it goes on the table and then everyone can sort of help themselves and sort of build, either build their own salad, which is what I do, or like my kids, take little bits of what they like and put them not <laughs> touching on their plate and nothing else. <laughs> yes. yes. And bread. <laughs> and then go get the ketchup bottle. <laughs> Right, right. But that is okay. So I feel like that's two hacks for one. The yeah. first is kind of a daily rhythm that helps take some decision-making out of it. And then number two, which is really appropriate for summer especially, is this weekly farmer's market visit and then the salad platter that always gets served up after the farmer's market visit. I like that. I'll add hack number three for me, especially if you've got kids home during the summer. Now, I think this works for little kids as well as teenagers, but um, I think a little better with teens because they are more help yourself. Uh, I nearly had a brain meltdown the other day when after working an entire week of, you know, eight hour days, nonstop, I popped into the house in the middle of the day just to use the restroom. And one of my teenage sons, who shall remain unnamed, had just woken up at 2.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> came wandering through in their underwear. And then while yawning and stretching, as I had been, you know, working since eight that morning, says in a whiny tone, oh, mom, what is for lunch? And at that point, <laughs> I informed my offspring Son, whatever you find in the fridge, and then left because I was having none of it. So the Good way our you. house works in the summer is that kids are responsible for getting their own food during the day. And what has helped us, which is a great hack, is that when I go grocery shopping, or let's be honest, more recently, it's Peter who's been great at this. He takes our teenage sons with him or our twin daughter. And when we shop, we tell them, what would you like for lunch this week? pick it mm -hmm. out. And then they are <laughs> responsible for handling what's in the pantry, what's in the fridge. It relieves us of meal planning or grocery list planning. We let them pick and that way they also know what's in the fridge because often teenagers are just not tracking. I mean, in general, kids are not paying attention to that stuff. But if they've been in the store with you and they've picked it out, they tend to be more enthused about what's in the fridge and more motivated to go and help themselves to it. So that's hack number three. Hack number four is providing the equipment for them to cook it themselves. So I think we actually talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, but honestly, massive game changer for us has been, it's called a smokeless grill. It's a five in one. I think it's I think it's a, some Food Ninja brand, but basically it allows you to air fry, to grill, uh, to bake. And it's just a little machine that sits on our counter. It lives there. And because of that, my kids don't have to turn on the oven. They don't have to fry things in a pan. They can literally turn the thing on. It heats up very, very fast and they can cook themselves an individual portion of something. So if my sons wander through at 2.30 in the afternoon <laughs> and they've been at the store with me the previous day and they've picked out chicken tenders or they've picked out hamburgers or French fries or mozzarella sticks, they can cook all of those things themselves in the little food ninja on the counter. And it has been a massive game changer for me to have them be able to just whip themselves up something that's pretty minimal in terms of prep time or mess or chance of injuring yourself. Hmm, I have to say probably all the 
parents of young children are <laughs> sending us the evil eye like right now. <laughs> like, it must be so nice for you. <laughs> but I, I will say, so this one goes out to those with young kids, but is still working for our family, you know, all these years later. So um, I did this a lot when my kids were young at, and still do it. Um, this would be a, a dinner or a lunch called essentially some, we, we would call it like a snacky tray. Right. Um so when I, I didn't want to cook or I didn't know what to cook or this works especially well for picky eaters or toddlers who who knows what they're going to eat today. Um, uh, a snacky tray, which when my kids were little, always was served up on an actual little tray divided up into little compartments so nothing could touch and it looked all cute. Um, now it just gets thrown on one big board. But a snacky tray is a great chance to just clear out the refrigerator, clear out the crisper drawer. You can make a meal out of cheese and crackers and the pickles at the bottom of the jar and a can of olives you found in the pantry and some dried apricots that really need to be eaten. And, you know, you put it all out and you maybe, maybe take a little time to pile it neatly and make it look appealing. And suddenly all the things that separately were not interesting come together like, okay, I'll take a little of this, a little of that, and and it adds up to a plate. A more sort of family dinner version of that, and this is something else that we have probably at least once a week. So Fridays are pizza, Thursdays have become the sort of farmer's market salad platter night, at least one other night a week. Usually, let's be honest, a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, because those are (laughs) the harder nights. Um, We have some variation on a grain bowl. So many of you will know what I'm talking about. A lot of restaurants, I find, have these now. Um, There's more of health-focused places, but it's really so easy to do at home. So what we do, we nothing fancy. I don't make a fancy dressing or sauce, but I'll start with some kind of grain base. So for us, usually it means quinoa, which cooks up really quickly, or brown rice or, you know, any kind of rice we have on hand. So essentially r- some sort of grain Leftover rice is great for this. Maybe you've had rice the night before, but just make a double batch and then, you know, you've got your base. So it starts with rice and then we just add stuff. So again, it's like clean out the refrigerator. Whatever vegetables are like about to melt, (laughs) throw them in the oven, high heat, olive oil, get them all roasted and sweet. Add that to your grain bowl. Again, it's sort of like a version of the salad platter. Figure out what kind of protein I often will fry chickpeas and make them sort of crispy and salty and yummy. Those can get mixed in. Again, if we have some sort of leftover meat, but it's not necessary. Avocado, you know, it's, I think the the goal for a grain bowl for me is to have a whole mix of flavors and textures. So some sweetness from like roasted veggies, some, a little bit of crunchiness might be important. um, That crispiness from the, the chickpeas, but whatever sounds good to you, essentially, you just mix it in on this base of quinoa or rice. And it's, I think, really tasty. It's really healthy. It's really easy. Um, I will say it's not always the quickest option. Like if you're cleaning out the refrigerator and cooking various vegetables, um, it, that's not like a 10 minute prep time. But to me, it's worth it because it's easy. It's mindless. I don't have to follow a recipe. I don't have to think. I can listen to a podcast while I'm <laughs> roasting broccoli, right? Um, so even if it takes a little more time, it feels really easy. 
And then, you know, whatever a kid likes, like if they're into hot sauce or if they're really into ranch dressing or, yes, if they're really into ketchup, like (laughs) they can add it in and make it taste like whatever they want it to taste like. (laughs) I like that. I know. I guess I'll add another hack for us is fast food. But here's a fast food hack. So... You know, you can get to a point where you feel like, oh, I just can't keep feeding McDonald's to my children. And so the alternate we've come up with that is one of my favorites, actually. And while I am not a meal planner and I do not enjoy assigning meals to certain days of the week, I am a weird anti-routine person in that way. The one thing I really enjoy is on Sundays, particularly after church, where I do not feel like cooking, I do not feel like grocery shopping, I do not even figure feel like figuring out what everybody wants to eat for lunch. Because even if you want to do a drive through on the way home, now there's going to be five opinions about which fast food they want. On Sundays, I'm tired and I want my goal on Sundays is to get home from church as quickly as possible, eat and nap. That's it. That's all I want to do on a Sunday. So here's my fast food hack for Sundays. I like to swing by a grocery store that has a good sort of deli area. So we have in our neck of the woods, Giant, and there's a really nice big one by our church. And their deli is not just like subs. They have everything. So they have soups. They have sushi. They have um, all kinds of salads. They do have subs. They have like, uh, oh, my kids, what do they always get? Chicken wings, mac and cheese, like you name it. They've got it. You just want cheese and crackers. They've got that. You want stuff for a little charcuterie of your own with just salami and cheese and crackers. They've got that. You want to pick out a drink? Go for it. Want to pick out a slice of cake for dessert? You're welcome. So that's my favorite thing. I literally pull into Giant. I love it because as weird as it sounds, part of the indulgence a mom experiences is only focusing on what she wants not having to think about everybody else's preferences. And I know I can walk in there and think to myself, I want ciabatta and mozzarella cheese and tomato and basil sandwich. And I only have to think about what I want. And I tell my offspring, go, run, pick what you want for lunch. I will meet you at the checkout. And it is my favorite fast food to go hack of them all. That's great. I feel like I too have recently discovered, let's call them like the aisles of the grocery store where I don't normally go. So I feel like everyone has heard, you know, if you're looking to save money and eat more healthfully, then you should stick to like just certain sections of the grocery store. And I have always tended to shop that way. I don't spend a lot of time buying processed food in the middle. It's almost as if that whole deli area doesn't exist for me. I don't even think to look at the prepared foods, you know, and that's how I've always shopped. And so, but it doesn't mean we're somehow this, these, this perfect family that never eats fast food. Instead, it's like either I'm shopping for healthy things, I'm cooking healthy things, or, you know, somebody's just gone through the drive through at McDonald's, (laughs) right? right? It's like one or the other. Right. I think it's only been as my kids have gotten older and as certain kinds of eating has become a lot more expensive because they eat so much that uh, what would have been maybe a fairly simple visit to a fast food restaurant never is anymore because even that is so expensive. It's it's like all of a sudden I've discovered, look, if I need some, if, if we just need something cheap and easy and somewhat indulgent, not for every day, this is not everyday right, eating, right. but maybe, you know, the once a week Sunday thing, like you mentioned, there, there are all these foods actually, who knew at the grocery store, right. either already prepared or in packages that can go in your freezer. It's like all the things I've been ignoring for years. I suddenly realized that 
on occasion, they right. have a purpose. Right. They may not be what, what I want or need every single day, but if they keep us as a family out of the fast food drive through line, wonderful. Why have I been ignoring them? So yes, I have recently purchased such things as freezer pizzas, which mm-hmm. because, you know, John cooks pizzas on Friday, so we never do free- freezer pizzas. I now actually, believe it or not, Lisa Joe, I have frozen French fries in oh, my freezer. The staple at <laughs> our house. We are never without them. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have become a staple, again, for my teenagers, right? right? Who want French fries, but I do not want to pay, you know, restaurant prices every week for French fries, nor do we, we want to make them from scratch very often. So yeah, it's funny. It's like a hack that's always been there in plain sight, but I've only just now learned kind of the appropriate way, I think, for me to tap into it. So who who knew we would come to this point where I where we are together advising our listeners to go buy French fries? But here we are. This is this is where we've ended up, Lisa Joe. How far how far the mighty have fallen? And our <laughs> listeners are like, "Wow, Christy could have told you that like a decade ago." They're all, yeah. They've all been there for a long time. I think a conversation about how to hack feeding your family is not complete without talking about like getting your family to eat together because I know that is one of those things. You yeah. read all the articles. Families are better, stronger. Teenagers feel safer. More connected if they're eating at the table. And I just want to give you permission once again, and I think we talked about this in our very first How to Hack It, How to Hack a Garden. Christy had such a great statement where she said, life is messy. And so gardens are messy. Well, guess what? So are families. And I think if you just lower your standards when it comes to eating together, you will do it more. So my kids are known for just I, I don't understand it. Wearing almost nothing around the house, but I I, I insist they wear pants. But the <laughs> the boys can come without t-shirts in the summer. We can sit outside. We can be on the deck. Sometimes we're watching Parks and Rec, but everybody's hanging out and eating together. I have found I try to really. For me, it, it comes down to removing obstacles that are in the way of getting families our family together. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be beautiful. As much as I like those moments, I mean, I like to go all out too, but but generally and especially in the summer, I like to just remove any barriers to everybody just coming in for 20 minutes or so, hanging out and talking. I've also found I... Teenagers aren't really ones to linger at the table, mm-hmm. and I like them to linger. I like us to continue talking. And so we do. We still talk about highs or lows, but I've actually started asking things like during the school year, I would say, what's the dumbest thing that happened at school today? Or <laughs> who was your most annoying teacher today and why? Like, And they, I remember them being really shocked at first that I would ask those sort of questions, but they love they love to talk about it. Like, uh, what kid, what was the stupidest thing a kid said today? Or like, you know, what surprised <laughs> you the most? Or what was the dumbest joke you heard today? And I find that what will happen to you, and this for me is particularly true with teenage boys, and I'm going to say toddler boys too, it's hard for them to keep sitting. And so I let them get up and then the, now they're like wandering around the living room and the table and it used to really annoy me. I would want them to just stay seated. I have just, that ship has sailed. I let that go because they're still here. They're still in the living room and they are kind of wandering around. Usually one of them is picking up a golf club. One is dribbling a soccer ball, but they're still there. They're in the orbit of the family and they're still actually participating and laughing and talking. But I have learned through trial and error, the second I say, oh, can you just sit down or can you stop doing that with the ball? 
they're done. Then they are like, okay, we'll see you you know, and they're not mad. They're just done. It's like you, it's almost as like there's a spell. And if you insist on something, the spell is broken. So I just allow them <laughs> to orbit like little satellites around the table in their state of imperfection. And that has been a really good hack for how to just keep the family gathering around mealtime. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I too have let go of certain expectations or even certain practices, things that served us well at certain times, even for a long time, and I just no longer insist. So, for many years, we always read something together, um, like we'd be working through a book together and we would read a little bit after dinner, and that served us really well because I was always way too exhausted to read books at bedtime. Like by the time we got to bedtime, I was just done. Right. <laughs> I couldn't be patient anymore. My brain was quickly shutting down. Um, and so the thought of like getting into some chapter book at like 8 p.m., I just, I couldn't do it. And so um, reading right after, you know, while we were still gathered around the table, but right after we finished eating was perfect for us. And so we did that for many years. It was great, but we no longer do it because my kids are either too old or their ages are too different. Um, there would just be too much resistance. And um, yeah, I just, I let it go. And as much as I would still love to read together um, every night after dinner, I think if I were to insist on that, then I think I would risk like losing the whole dinner time altogether, right? right? right. And I would, I would probably create a scenario where my kids are now dreading um, coming to the table at all. And instead now after we finish eating, they do, they do linger and they tend to just want to share with each other and their father ridiculous <laughs> memes or yes. videos that they have found on their phones that frankly I have no interest in. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but hey, we are at the table and right. they're sharing what's important to them. And so I will I'll I'll keep it up and I'm glad that they're sharing. And it, you know, it is not my preference. It's not my picture perfect. Um, I miss those days of reading through, you know, great books together, but um, at least we're at the table together. So yeah, it shifts, it changes. Um, just because we're the parent or we made the food, like we don't get to dictate everything about it. And that's okay. I think that's just another way that we love the people at our table. So, so I think as usual, you're hearing from us, lower your standards, lower your standards, <laughs> lower your standards. <laughs> oh. ah, yes. But as you lower your standards... You will receive more, I hope. More joy, more life, more goodness, um, less worry, less fear, less anger, hopefully. Um, But yes, once again, here we are encouraging our listeners (laughs) to not try so hard. (laughs) Ah, Thanks for sticking with us, friends. (laughs) This is why you want to leave a five-star review for our quality content. (laughs) 